Your local McDonald's owners across Washington, D.C., Greater Baltimore, and Eastern Shore are committed community members who all celebrate the diversity of the neighborhoods that they serve. Black History Month is a special time to spotlight the many African-American and Black individuals and organizations that have contributed to our area's growth and development. McDonald's sees, supports, and celebrates you now and all year long. All right, let's talk about Bub's Naturals. These guys make some of my favorite products. And as someone who is dedicated to maximizing my health and wellness in my 50s, I have been thoroughly impressed by the quality and effectiveness of Bub's Naturals products. Whether it's their collagen protein powder, MCT oil powder, or their deliciously smooth and flavorful coffee which I bury my nose into every morning right in the bag before I grind the beans. I have found that incorporating these into my daily routine has helped me maintain a healthy weight, improve my energy levels, and support my overall wellness. Plus, knowing that these products are all made with natural non-GMO ingredients gives me the peace of mind I need to continue to use them every day for the years to come. Check out Bub's Naturals. Go to bubsnaturals.com, use promo code MidlifeMail, you're going to save 20% off, and you are going to enjoy the very best coffee, collagen protein powder, and MCT oil powder there is. Trust me on this one. Welcome to another episode of the Midlife Mail Podcast. This is your weekly conversation geared to helping you maximize middle age by introducing you to some of the world's most renowned thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and high-performing midlife males. I am your host, Greg Scheiman, and I am thrilled to introduce you to my special guest today, Dr. Kian Vu. Dr. V is a testament to resilience and the power of the human spirit. He has overcome significant challenges in his life, both as an infant refugee and personal health obstacles later in his life. And today, Dr. V is the champion of optimal health, happiness, and human potential, making him a sought-after speaker by Fortune 500 companies, professional sports teams, and association meetings from all industries all over the country. He is an assistant professor of health sciences at UCLA, and he specializes in interventional and diagnostic radiology before he went out and sought additional training in nutrition, personal development, spirituality, and performance and longevity medicine. And we get into a lot of why he went and did that. He also earned his board certification from the American Board of Anti-Aging and Regenerative Medicine. He is the founder of VU MD Performance and Longevity and a number one best-selling author of Thrive State. He advises a diverse clientele, including athletes, executives, celebrities, and organizations on achieving sustained wellness and peak performance. Dr. V shares his expertise as a health media expert, keynote speaker, and workshop facilitator at prominent events, including engagements with Whole Foods, Bank of America, JP Morgan, and he has appeared on platforms like ABC News, TEDx, The Doctors, Access Hollywood, and more. All 
geared towards empowering others to activate the biology of longevity and human potential within themselves. His insights and expertise will undoubtedly add a new dimension to our understanding of health, fitness, and overall well-being in midlife. All right, so let's sit back, listen, get ready to enjoy and learn from Dr. Kian Vu. And remember, the Midlife Mail podcast is more than just a podcast. It is a community of like-minded individuals committed to making this next phase of life our best phase. Here we go. Dr. Kian Vu, welcome, buddy. Hey, it's great to be on and great to see somebody truly living, breathing their brand and, and really truly thriving as somebody over the age of 40. Oh, man, well, that, that's super kind of you. Um, and, and to be honest, let's go throw the compliment right back. I mean, the first time... Uh, we met and I saw you in person. We were at an Impact 11 boot camp. I think we were in Detroit. And, and this is the, you know, help us all craft our speaking careers and all the other. And you get a, a lot of amazing people in, in one room. And here I am sitting at another table and I'm always, we're all looking around. Let's say like we're all looking around the room. Like we don't know anybody just yet. It's day one. And I'm like, okay, who's the Jack dude? you know, over there, mm-hmm. <laughs> Who, who's the Jack dude in the perfectly fitting clothes. Okay. Stand it up and looking around and, and you stood out, man. So you are living your message every day as well. And, uh, and it's pretty cool to see. You know, yeah, it, it, it seems that our radars were, were, were onto each other when we both stepped in. I was like, oh, hey, it takes one to, to know one. I, I was looking over there. It's like this guy, Polly, talks about mindset or fitness or something like that because he, he's looking that part himself. So what I really love to do is I love to learn from men like you. Which has become extremely, extremely helpful and fulfilling to me. And then this opportunity, you know, to really share these experiences and, and, you know, what we can discuss and what guys are going through and what we're both living through and all of us. And even what you're seeing, you know, with your patients and your practice, as much as we can disclose, you know, <laughs> you know there, um, but let's, Let's kick this off if we can, because, you know, in, in getting ready to do this, and I wanted to have you on for a while, I have really fixated on, on this, this phrase, you know, you're, that you are your best medicine. Yeah. You know, it's front and center on, on, on your site. I got a buddy of mine, Eric Hinman, who, who says, you know, movement is medicine, you know, and these guys, what, what do you, what do you mean by this? Oh man, we can take. Uh, we can take a very superficial uh, definition of that, but even go even more meta and the metaphysical, because it is it is us that design the reality that we are in, and it is us that puts us in states of low energy, potentially uh, chronic symptoms, or even having chronic disease. And if we can recognize that we and nothing else are in the center of causing the biology and the energetics that turn those things on, then we can certainly start to take control of our own lives and make the choices that creates the energetic for optimal health, longevity, and peak performance. So I'm going to give a very, you know, fine example of this. Um, you know, I always start with the story of me being born in Vietnam. You know, I was a boat refugee. 
uh, came over on a boat, spent eight months on a boat, only infantry survived, spent another three months in a Philippine refugee camp, came to America penny, penniless and constantly being teased for being an immigrant, for being Asian, for the stinky food my mom sent me to school with, to you know the holes in my hand-me-down clothes, all those things. And it drove a narrative in that young child growing up that I was not enough for who I am, that I needed more outside of myself to be loved and to be accepted. And I think for many people, whether they have a similar story or not, every human being, I think, has this innate drive and to want to be long and want to be loved. And if you don't sense that for whatever reason, you're going to start to adapt these behaviors and belief systems so that you could become that. And for me, I adopted, I was not inherently enough on my own. So I needed to succeed and achieve to become love and worthy. And so I wanted to be in media when I was a kid. My mom was like, no, we didn't come, you know, all the way from Vietnam for you to go to be in media. You're going to be a doctor, right? And so I went to medical school and it was always constantly striving for success. And the Dalai Lama has this quote that I, I, I find to resonate with me so much. He says, what he found most interesting about humanity was, is man because they would sacrifice their health in order to make money and then sacrifice their money to recuperate their health. And so what I was doing was constantly striving and chasing success. I would put everything that would be on the top thing. And all my choices were, I got to get that thing. And so seven years ago, to many in the world around me, I got that thing. I got the fancy house. I got the fancy car. I was chief of interventional radiology at my hospital. I was trained at the National Institutes of Health at Howard Hughes Medical Institute, taught at UCLA. So I achieved all those things. But seven years ago, I was overweight. I was diabetic. I had high blood pressure. I was on prescription medications. Um, and me with a medical degree, an MD, was was sick, overweight, diabetic, chronic disease. And I really didn't have the tools to actually be well. And so that really sent me on the journey to really rediscover who I am. And so I, I did an extra fellowship in anti-aging and longevity medicine, studied with spiritual shamans. And this really led down to one key facet that what I discovered mostly was how we live our life is medicine, or it could be your poison, depending on how you choose to live it. You know, when, when I was, you know, in the mindset that I needed to chase success because I wasn't enough, I would give up on sleep. I wouldn't work out. I ate like crap because the goal was just to achieve this thing that other people defined as success. And the choices I was making basically created an environment for my cells to think that I was in danger. And what happens if your cells think that you're in danger? It drives up inflammation, it lowers our immune system, and it puts us prone to basically our system shutting down for us to get chronic symptoms and chronic disease. Mm. And basically, in order to reverse that, you have to be able to, to place the cell, the signals to your body, to every single cell in your body of one single truth that I think, you know, human beings are, are, are meant to learn in their lifetime. 
that unless we are under attack by a saber-toothed tiger or a neighboring country at the time, that at any moment we are already safe and that we are already loved. From that space, you could start to create anything that you want. From that space, you are pretty much unfuckwithable. And you're also giving yourselves the, the signals of a thriving and safe place. And your body just does what it's meant to do. So once I got into that state, what I call the thrive state, I actually reversed my diabetes and high blood pressure in a short, very short period of time. And I continuously test myself on... Um, epigenetic clocks, which are longevity clocks. And I've also biologically aged backwards as well. Mm, amazing. The, the entire story, the entire, that almost unimaginable what you went through to get here and to, to get where, where you are. I want to ask a back backtrack a little bit. Okay. Um, at that seven, when you're seven years ago, how old were you? I was in my late thirties, but I'm 45, like 38 or so. Okay. So there's a little bit of an age difference. And you, you hit that point called seven years ago when you got there, you know, for me, like I really hit it at 47, mm. you know, which was the age my father was when he passed away. Which I oh, wow. mm-hmm. So I was 17, he was 47. That to me was the, you know, boom moment of like, okay, there's gotta be something else. My period of transformation kind of started there. I made it to 47. I've outlived my dad at this point, even by a day. Now, what are we going to do, you know, next and what that looked like? But so much of this that I identify with, um, this chasing of, of success, this societal metric of success. And we do talk a lot about the, the same things. And this is what we hear from so from so many men that I think what I call fall into that over-indexing trap, salary, title, achievement, so yeah. on, so on and so forth. What exa- Walk me through the steps that you took to to get yourself kind of out of that transformation. Because what I get asked a lot is like, about, hey, we get the why. I know why I want to be in better shape. I know why this isn't making me happy anymore. I've gotten here. I'm out of, but what I really struggle with is I struggle with how. And honestly, man, I don't know how to start. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think the key things are, you know, in my book, Thrive State, I mentioned the seven most important factors that affect human biology in terms of how we live our life. And they are sleep nutrition, movement, our thoughts and mindset, our emotions, our community or our relationships. And finally, that sense of purpose. Are we here because we know that we are connected to something bigger and that we're always serving? Those things most affect our biology. Those things either give your body the the signals that you are safe. And when you can give your body the signals that they're safe, Every cell will function just as it's supposed to, and you will have optimal health, longevity, peak performance. If you make the choices in each one of those categories that where you're not sleeping very well, you're eating like crap, you're not moving around, you're always striving for yourself only, and you're not serving other people, those things actually put your body in a stress state. Your body actually thinks that there's a saber-toothed tiger running uh, after it. And that biology leads to chronic symptoms, chronic disease, you feeling like crap, you having too much weight that that that, that uh, you're putting on, things like that. So mm. where do people start? I would say in those seven categories, if you audit your life, 
what is going to be the give me things that are going to be the easiest for you to do? Because when you could do those things and you change that and make that into a habit in your body, it's going to shift your state that you're going to go from a little bit from that stress state, a little bit more into that thrive state. Let's say for, for, for some people, it's sleep. All of a sudden, if you sleep better, guess what? You're going to have more energy to do other stuff, like maybe volunteer somewhere where you could increase your purpose or, or go to the gym so that you can get your movement on. So these things snack on each other. So work on the simplest things first. And I would say for me, that's where I started. I worked with, I worked on sleep, nutrition, and movement. As I got deeper into the realm of longevity and spirituality, I started to work and started to understand the psychology of me chasing the things that I chased. And when I started to shift and when I started to, to really truly understand that we are put into this world, connected to everything that's in this world, that we are in this world ourselves because we are loved already. And if we can sit and live with that, here's, here's what I tell my clients. The two most important decisions you will ever make in your life is whether you know that you are safe or you know that you are loved. If you can think of those two things, if you could tell yourself those two things in every single moment, trust me, my friend, your life will be different in so many different ways because at that point, you won't have the fear of moving forward or trying something dif different or, 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 or being stressed out in any circumstance. If you know those two things, it shifts your entire energetic. Hey guys, Greg here. I am proud to partner with Hone Health. They are my provider for TRT. I believe in the team, the service, the product, and the mission. I am an open book. Feel free to email me, greg at midlifemail.com. You can ask me questions and I'm happy to get back to you and answer. This was a careful and personal decision that I made along with my primary care physician and my family. I believe in what Hone is doing every day, what they've done for me, and what they can do for other midlife males to help them live better, stronger, healthier, and happier lives. So if this is something that you are thinking about, I encourage you to learn more about Hone Health. Go over to honehealth.com forward slash midlife mail. You can order your at-home test and consultation and save $15. Are there tips that you have? And as you say that, what I'm thinking to myself is, am I safe and am I loved? And I'm thinking... Where am I? Where do I feel safe? And who loves me? You know, I start going through. This. And I know that at points in my life, at times of my life, I didn't feel either. Yeah. I don't feel safe, whether it was a work environment, you know, whether it was a personal environment, whether it was behaviors and habits and self sabotage and imposter syndrome that made yeah. me feel unsafe and insecure almost anywhere. You know? Yeah, and and on the love side of things, it's always made me a little cringy to be on, to be like totally transparent with you that like you know I, look I love my family more than anything my wife and my kids but as far as like feeling loved 
I've always felt weird about that. Yeah. And do I express enough emotion or the, or do I even give the perception that I need to feel that versus feeling like, hey, like I got it all covered. You know, maybe I'm, I'm okay. And I'm definitely, you know, not okay. So like, have you always felt safe and loved? And, and, you know, if not like, or what tips or tactics for those of us who struggle with like, I'm not even so sure doc, like what's safe and loved? feels like, and is it also okay that that ebbs and flows at various times? Yeah. Great questions. And I want you to know now that I don't feel safe and loved a hundred percent of the time. And uh, I don't think in my lifetime, while I am here in physical form, that that will be the case. Potentially when my energetic leaves the world and, and it's actually back a part of everything that is, that it actually knows that that's the case, but that's the two sides of us. We've got this side of us that's made from the stars and of everything that's around us, that's connected to you, that's connected to me, that's connected to every living thing of, of all of nature. There's that divinity in us that is love itself. And then we've got the human meat suit in us that just needs to feel like it needs to survive. And so it learns how to survive in life and learns how to get love. And that meat suit, I, I think, is created in such a flawed way that while you're born, you forget just how divine you are and that you need to seek something outside of yourself to be loved. And you know what? Biologically, it makes sense. You need to learn things to keep you safe. You need to belong to a tribe to be safe. And whatever makes you feel like you are not loved, well, I got to go be that thing so that I can attain love. But that's also the thing that separates us from love, right? Mm. If there's that initial belief that I need something else to be loved, I'm going to chase that thing. That's going to become your reality. It's also going to divide you to you from truly knowing that. Yep. And what 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 will I say to somebody who um who feels maybe not safe or not loved? Number one, that is the uh I would say story of 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 all of all human beings that even I myself who is aware of that don't feel that I will leave this planet ever feeling 100% safe and that I'm loved 100%, but what I can do is the following with awareness that when I get trapped in the emotions of fear, of anxiety, of stress, I get to look at that. Back when COVID hit and my bank account started to climb down where I wasn't able to, to go see some concierge clients, things started to go in my mind. Oh my God, this, this thing is really stressing me out. What is that telling me? It's telling me that I've assigned safety to a number that's in the bank account, even though I had enough to survive. Oh, okay. So there's this belief here that's keep making me feel unsafe. And I get to question the belief. It is, is it true that if a certain amount of my bank account looks a certain way, that I'm not safe? And if I look at that belief, I'm like, no, that, that's not. Then every time you question yourself and you go back, is it true? Is it true? You go back to basically beliefs that are created in your childhood from the things that you got downloaded when you probably weren't even conscious of it. And if you could look at that and really ask yourself, am I still safe in this situation? Am I still love in this situation? And then energetically feel that thing. 
And here's one one really cool trick that I'll let people know that I but I put people through a process where they feel what's causing the stress, the anxiety, but then I ask them what they do need to feel to get rid of that feeling. What 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 do you think needs to happen in their mind? And then can they feel it and access that? And they can access that in that place. They've almost sort of like turned off that belief and given yourself almost sort of the energy, the medicine you need to actually be calm and collected again. And the more and more you do this, the more and more you just train yourself and your brain to know those two things that you are safe and you're love. Now, I'm not saying that when, you know, Terminator 2, they comes and AI, there's robots and stuff, you know, shooting at us, that that's not a place of safety. But even in those situations, we should still find safety in it because that's where our best comes out. That's where we make our best decisions. But I got to say that getting to a place of love and safety is a journey. And I would probably say for most people, it is a lifetime journey. Mm, I completely agree with that. And I think that whether it is seven years, three years, whatever the time period is, I think what's really, really important is that that it is not overnight. Now you can make a decision, you know, the choices you make, the actions you take, the things that you start doing each and every day, you can make that decision overnight that tomorrow I'm going to start making better choices one at a time or something. But cumulatively, in order to get the outcome that we that we deserve, that we desire, we, as I like to say, we don't graduate from this. You got to keep going. There's oh, no, yeah. at no point in life do I go put down the weights. I am now healthy enough. Okay. And everything's going to stay exactly the way it is, you know, or even to your point about the bank account. Hey, like whatever your views on finances are, we still have to you know, manage our money, pay attention to our money. Think about, you know, what's either coming in or going out, fixed income, passive income, two ways to get at, earn more, spend less, whichever way you want to look at certain things, you know, in there. Again, we just don't stop and graduate from any of these things, proverbially set them and forget them. They take a lot of continued effort and, and intention, you know, as you talked about. I wanted to circle back on on this chasing, you know, of of success and yeah. some of the things you talked about there because I feel like this is also pretty common. At least I use you may get this too. Yeah. Hey, it's easy for you to say now. Hmm? Because you're a doctor, you got the house, you got the money, you got everything okay, in there and then Okay. And it's not you. This is me. You get to this realization that it's not enough, or this isn't what makes me happy and so on. And now I'm going to go look more within. And now I'm going to be a little more spiritual. Now I'm going to get myself back in shape and everything. And there's a lot of stuff that I hear of mm -hmm, that I hear. And, and I guess where I, where I question this also is like, how much of some of what we were chasing, I include myself in this bucket, salary, title, money, houses. I mean, you're a stylish guy too. Like I like nice things uh -huh, out there. How important in a way is that for a, while, for a period of time even to learn, understand, accomplish, achieve, get the, th the shiny objects, have the money in the bank that you can also... And go, that all comes at a cost. And here I am now. Like, I guess what I'm saying is, do we have to go through that? 
Or do we even advise going through that for a lot of guys? Because I can tell you, at least from experience, broken unhappy is not as good as wealthy and unhappy. Not that money buys happiness, but okay, it does provide as you said safety, secure certain other things. So where I guess in this proverbial like journey, yeah. What if you never learned it? Like, what if we never, I guess, what if we never? Well, you know what? You know, funny thing. And now that you mention it, it's almost sort of the universe giving me what I need to fully understand and teach and to serve uh, how I serve. Because, you know, the pandemic hit me at a very inopportune time. You know, I had left full-time medicine uh, knowing that, you know, that wasn't the life for me. I had started a concierge practice, put deposits down on opening up a brick and mortar practice and all these things. And then the, the pandemic hit. Uh, and then it was like, you know, trying to uh, be an entrepreneur for the first time. And, you know, as an MD, you're a target for every single marketing firm, advising agency thinking, you know, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> you know, we could sell him anything. And so it was big time learning, but I would, you know, and also during that time, you know, um, uh, I, I got my fiance pregnant. She moved in with me, her entire industry, you know, went down and she became pregnant as well. And so I had traded in basically this multi-million dollar house in Silver Lake that overlooked the Hollywood sign and the, you know, Silver Lake Reservoir uh, to move back into my parents' house, which is basically in a beat up neighborhood. We got security bars all over the yard. My fiance is still, you know, getting at me that our yard looks like crap. And there's two liquor stores at the end of the block. Um. To, to which I answer the following, like, I think the lesson has really been to be able to truly almost sort of cocoon myself for my transformation. Because I would probably say when I first moved into that place, I didn't want to have people over, you know, uh, I was ashamed of inviting people over to that house. But I think it was what, what was necessary for me to break free from the belief that I needed something outside of myself to be worthy and to be loved. And now I know that it was the universe's way of basically testing me. Are you ready to really teach this stuff to other people? Because let me put you there for real. Mm, um, really good. My friend Peter Crone says that for the wealthy, they no longer have that excuse of I'm not there yet for their, for their suffering. Cause the, here's the thing, everybody does suffer, but many people who are not wealthy think that they're suffering because they're not wealthy. Well, the people that actually get there, if they don't learn the lesson, they're going to, they're, they're still going to get hit as I did, you know, you know, when, when I was uh, more financially, uh, secure and sound. Mm. So it all affects us. And you certainly don't need to get to a place that is, you know, of a particular, you know, material standard for you to, to awaken to your love and you are safe. Um, and the sooner you, you do it that way, I think the more, the less detriment you will have when you achieve success, because here's the thing, money in of itself is not a good or bad thing. The money is an amplifier of energy and energetics. And so for me, 
not feeling love and not feeling safe and chasing success, the more I got there, the more I needed more. And it just amplified that, oh, I still have not achieved that yet or that yet or that yet. And so you're amplifying those feelings the more money I was making in the consciousness of I'm not love and I'm not worthy and I need things to be successful. However, if you are in the energetic that I am love and I am safe and I'm serving who I am and you're serving from that energetic, as you receive more, you're, you're, you're perpetuating that energetic as well. And so for, for those people that, that, that feel that waking up is only for the wealthy, don't think that way because, you know, for many of them, just attaining that and they say, oh man, that wasn't it. <laughs> you know, this is why Jim Carrey, I don't know if many people know that, but he has a very, uh, he's got a famous commencement speech that's on YouTube. If you Google it and he says the following, he says, I wish everyone would be able to achieve all the money and success and all those things in life, just to know that that's not the thing in life that's going to make you feel true sense of peace and happiness. And I find that that to be true. Hey guys, Greg here. I really want to talk to you about the Kineon Move Plus. As a 50-year-old midlife male myself, I understand the challenges that come with aging and maintaining an active lifestyle. It's why I highly recommend Kineon's Move Plus to help maximize middle age. Personally, I have experienced increased mobility, flexibility, and strength, which has allowed me to continue to pursue my passions and stay active in my daily life and with my family. The Move Plus has been a game changer for me, and I highly recommend it to other men looking to take control of their health and wellness. Check it out. Go to kineon.io forward slash midlife mail. You can use promo code midlife mail and save 10%. I agree with you there. And, and also as it pertains to some of the stuff that we were talking about off, offline, even just in terms of health and longevity, again, and thrive state as we go, this reshaping of value systems you know, and beliefs. And yeah. also, as you were talking about how it affects your, your nervous system as it pertains also to sustainability, longevity, how all these things are connected with this physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, you know? Yeah. Is that all in the bucket of what you mean of, of thrive state? Absolutely. And um, so what, when I initially was, was six, seven years ago, I thought the other thing to do was just get more science. Uh, and so I got an extra fellowship in anti-aging and regenerative medicine. And, um, you know, I feel that there's a lot of science out there that's really, you know, pushing the human lifespan further than we ever thought possible. There are stem cells and exosomes, which are regenerative type of technologies that help us heal. There are diagnostic tests that can, you know, take a look at your, um, uh, your biological age versus your chronological age and test for those things. There are early cancer detection tests that, that are able to, to sample DNA from cancers even before they you know, show up on an MRI machine. There's all this technology that, that was really fascinating. And I learned a lot about nutrition and things like that. And that's all really awesome stuff that I think the future is really amazing to be in this space. 
it's what I call the science of longevity. And certainly I help clients, you know, put them on the right technologies that to help them um, live their best life. However, I find that to be a fraction of what I find of what we just talked about, which is the art of living. Because if we consider where people live the longest in the world, where the people are happiest in the world, they tend to coincide. And these people didn't have access to any of this science. What are they doing differently? They're moving every single day. They don't go to gyms. You know, they're not running marathons. They just move every single day. They don't, they don't have the, the everyday conveniences that we have to do work. They're just out there doing work. They're not stuffing themselves with food. They occasionally celebrate with wine. They have a deep sense of community and serving each other. They have that sense of purpose. And so it lends me to know that there are people around the world that are living in such a way that are basically activating the, the genes of longevity and performance. This is why how we live our life is medicine. This is why you are your best medicine. Because if you could reshape how you view the world through a lens of safety, through a lens of love, through a lens of purpose and connecting with other people, you change the energetic that's in your body. You know, I, I was mentioning this, you know, on another podcast I was just on. They, they said they, were, they actually went to the, to the blue zones in Costa Rica in one of the areas there. And they just said that it just felt different to be there. They just felt how free and happy everybody was feeling, you know, rather than stepping into a city and everything's hustling and bustling, nobody would look you in the eye. They just felt a different energetic. And that's it. And when we could shift our values, when we could shift our perception, how we see the world, if we could shift that energetic to that of something that's free, because when you go into these blue zones, you will feel that sense of love, of safety, of connectedness. And that's the message you're giving to yourselves as well. I, th I think that's so spot on. And the differentiator between living longer versus living better hmm? in there, yeah. you know, there's the science and we can go into the specifics and rabbit holes of, you know, we can take this or, we can, you know, you could take DRT and you could get onto peptides and you can do this full body scan and figure yeah. out all and all the science aspects to live longer. But that's very different from necessarily living better. And like you said, like, how do we get you to the best version of you? You know, what is what does that really, really look like? It's kind of like someone can put me in the fanciest car in the world, the greatest car or whatever. If I don't know where I'm driving or driving to or whatever, or I'm, the destination doesn't seem so great or any different from where I am, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to really, really perform, perform well. You talked about, again, getting kind of going deeper into the science for a while too, specifically anti-aging. Yeah. Um, in the word in itself, and listen, I'm actually not anti, I just want to show, I'm not anti-aging. I'm actually pro-aging and pro-aging again, I think responsibly, you know, respond and, and, and safely, as you said, and what does this really, really look like? Do you think like, where's the tide right now on, on aging, anti-aging, you know, again, longer, better, but better, better. You know what, you know what I mean? I think there's a lot that are reaching again for, 
I'm just anti-aging and I'm just going to fight it, but they're not totally sure about what, what, you know, what fight are they in, you know, or, or who the opponent is. Well, there's really a new science of, of aging and longevity spearheaded by people like David Sinclair over at Harvard that is studying that now aging is really almost kind of like a disease and not necessarily a, a, um, a natural process per se, but it, you know, certain genes get turned on just like certain genes get turned on for diabetes and cancer. Certain genes get turned on um, for, for aging as well. And can we, can we look at targets that affect this process and maybe potentially slow down the, this process as we go? Uh, and what we're beginning to understand is certainly, you know, how we live our life uh, can can turn on and off certain genes that are going to be, um, you know, uh, life extensive or not. And so where we are in the space is we know that lifestyle factors are key in terms of the ability to um, to live longer or not. We, we've got tools like epigenetic clocks. And basically, what what are they? Epigenetic clocks are basically your DNA, and they get tagged with certain what they call methyl groups. And depending on where they are tagged, you can predict how long someone will actually live, predict what they call the biological age with more accuracy than your chronological age. So you could be, you know, so I am 45 now, but my, you know, biological age is 32. Um, and you can look at that depending on your lifestyle factors and what you do and, and see if that goes, you know, up or it goes down. Um, and so we've reached that space. So what we're starting to really understand is the aging process might be more of a disease process than, than a natural process. And that there are ways of living life to promote more health span as we age, rather than just you know, pushing the, 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 the time clock back. But one of the things that I stress to my clients, you know, whether I work with individuals or organizations is a quote from Benjamin Franklin. We said, some people die at the age of 25. They're just not buried until 75. And so with all this technology, are we just pushing back the time we are buried? If we forget about living a beautiful life. And how do you define that for yourself? Is it more time with loved ones? Is it seeing the world? Is it truly connecting? What is that going to be for you? What do your days look like now? You know, we've walked through kind of what you chased and, and go back seven years, you know, and you talk about being, being unhealthy, you know, and being on a, and the fast track of type two diabetes and the, and the body weight and all of these other things. What does your day look like now from kind of start, start to finish? I'm always fascinated with like, okay, what, again, what, like, what do people actually like do when we're not looking? Okay. When you're there, what is, what does your day look like? Well, this is a very, you know, awesome question that you're asking this. And right now it is a work in progress. You know, what it looked like before, certainly when it was in the hospital was basically, you know, up at five at the hospital at six, probably come back from the hospital at six and then, you know, have dinner, pass out, you know, work in gym time. I don't know, once a week or something like that. And then it changed to me doing, you know, part-time at the hospital, where I included just more of my time for myself. 
now, you know, here I am working with individuals and organizations on promoting health, happiness, and human potential. So what does the days look like? And now I really have the time to truly work on our relationship. In fact, you know, right before this call, you know, all, all the screen coming down, you know, I was working on my relationship. We spent a couple of hours, you know, speaking to each other about the things that have hurt us in the past, how it's currently showing up in our relationship now, and what are, what are the next moves for us? How do we, how do we be more connected you know, um, in, 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 in this, uh, state and, you know, there wasn't anything planned necessarily, you know, today, other than a podcast with you and some meetings l- later on. And I was going to work on, you know, certainly some, some other things, you know, as, as we both know, both of us are impact 11 keynote speakers. And so we're constantly, we're finding our craft, uh, during that time, but this morning needed, you know, um, a little bit of time reconnecting with our partner. And so where is that now is, Every I would I would probably almost say that is it is always a moving target, and we there are seasons for putting more time and energy into certain things. And I think right now it's a season of of really kind of strengthening you know the, the relationship I have with my partner. Um, and so, but we get to really prioritize. Uh, there is non negotiables in terms of workouts. There are non negotiables in terms of you know, how, you know, what time we go to sleep and things like that. But, every, you know, everything else, I think there's the time and season for it. And there are times I, I work harder to get up a landing page and get my sales pages up and things like that. Uh, and then there are seasons where, you know, right now it's it's, it's telling us that we we need to spend more, more time connecting with each other in a relationship and, and how we build this, you know, with a family. You know, she has a... Um, uh, we have uh, a second daughter together, you know, one that's a bonus daughter, you know, for me, it's a, it's a daughter she had from another marriage. And, and how does that all fit in? How do we include this so that the energetics feel better? You know, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's been a, a pretty, you know, difficult challenge for me being somebody who wants to serve and wants to love and, and, you know, feeling sometimes rejected by her you know, as, as, as a dad. And so, um, but that's what it looks like now. And, and it's kind of free flowing and, and, and at times uncertain. Uh, but there are things that we know that are important for our mental health and for connecting with each other that we make sure we build and block those times in times that connect date nights. Uh, and then certainly times to have nice conversations with you, brother. Mm. No, I, I I appreciate you sharing all of that and and the vulnerability on it and and the honesty there of that it is you know I think it's sometimes forgotten a little bit uh, based on or or maybe overlooked based on what we see you know on social and what we see out there on stage and the cover of the book or again the scrubs on with the MD and the arm like. But hey, like there's a lot of real shit, okay, that goes into to every day. And the reality is that it is a moving target. And yeah. we are constantly working on these things. And the list as you go there, the non-negotiables, we all have them. You know, I was talking on uh, the other day, you know, there's the stuff I want to do. There's the stuff my wife wants to do. There's my stuff my kids, our kids want to do. There's the stuff we all want to do together. Then there's the stuff I want to do with all of them that they don't necessarily want. My wife wants, you know, all of those things that are in the bucket and how, you know, you prioritize that at the same time with 
the other obligations, responsibilities, non-negotiables, and and do we get on a plane? Do we go take that gig? What does travel do to our routine? What does it not do? Take, you know, how do we make these these decisions in all of these areas? And then also what it takes out of us, I think, to be on, I think, all the time too. And when you need the time to be off, you know, and and decompress from all of it. And the last thing, you know, I was writing down as you were talking about the seasonality, I think is such a great point in there that, you know, what consistency looks like, that it doesn't always look like the same exact things every single day, perfectly in a row, you know, seven days a week. They're like, there may be a high business season and then there's, you know, time off. There may be a high training season. And then, Hey, like, I'm cool for a little while, like, you know, kind of not watching what I'm eating as much or not going as hard and restoring. I think that definition of consistency and what that looks like and everything you're talking about is how you really also end up in your own personal thrive state and understanding of, of what that means. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, I, you know, I was spent, you know, spending this, I'm going to be vulnerable again. You know, we're spending time, you know, talking about how we connect myself and my partner. And, you know, I, you know, she, she sometimes says you've got all these meetings planned out and I'm like, yeah, you know, well, let's set in some time, you know, let's block off some time here. So we'll make sure that we definitely have it in. And for her, she doesn't, she, she, she doesn't feel that that type of connection is the type that she needs. She needs it like, you know, free flowing every now and then. And, and how do you work through that? Um, and so this is, you know, it, it's really great real life stuff. And, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's real challenges and in, in, in hearing people out and, and feeling, you know, what's needed. Uh, and you can't drive the same type of consistent, not, not everybody works the same way. Uh, and everybody's points are valid. And here's the thing, how everybody feels is valid. Hey guys, Greg here, Midlife Mail. Let's talk a little bit about protein powder that actually makes you feel better. I need protein powder every day. I need to make sure I get enough protein. I train hard. I live pretty hard. I'm busy. I'm on the go. I need the energy. I need a certain amount of protein every day. And what I'm looking for is clean, easy to digest protein. And I have found it with human improvement. It is the easiest to digest protein powder out there, and I have tried a lot. It is 22 grams of organic protein. It is five grams of healthy fiber. It has zero grams of added sugar, and it tastes great in both vanilla and chocolate. Boosts my energy and mood, supports gut health. I don't get that bloated, gassy, weighed down feeling like I get from so many other protein powders, and it helps me to build and maintain lean muscle mass, which is super important to me. These are clean ingredients, extraordinary benefits. Go check out human improvement protein. Go over to buy, that's B-U-Y, high, H-I, dot C-O. You can use promo code MidlifeMail at checkout, and you are going to save yourself 15%. That's right, 15% off of human improvement. Get yourself a couple of bags. Go on the subscription. I also use the travel packs when I'm on the road. Trust me on this one. This is a better way to protein, human improvement. It's it's a great lesson as we all keep trying to learn it. You know, I feel, you know, one of my 
rules, if you will, in the framework, you know, show me your calendar, I'll show you your, your priorities, yeah. you know, but to a point, I mean, there's only so much you can script, if you will, script yeah. and put in there. Yeah. Because everybody again operates a little bit differently. And even to that point, I get asked, well, where does the open space go? Or where does the spontaneity go? Or where does that? And I could offer back that look, to an extent, that is also scheduled in there because I also have to work with a partner and with my wife who does not operate that way. Does you know has a resistance to a certain level of structure and or discipline in there that doesn't feel right necessarily for for her, and then you layer in another few people, real talk, a nineteen year old, a sixteen year old, and then you know the relationships with clients that are two way streets, you know right. that are in there, and yeah, you have to allow and for for all of those things, you yes. know, in there. I wanted to touch on one of the, with, with your book, Thrive State, you also did a, a 2.0, hmm? yeah. a new version in yeah. there. And I'm always curious when, when people put out content, material, anything, and I don't know if you feel like this, but every time like I put something out, by the time it's out there, I feel like I'm already like, yeah, right. I'm already somewhere else. And it's like, yeah. oh shit. Like I, like, I don't feel exactly that way now, or I learned something new, or I missed something in that list. And I'm curious you know, what inspired you and led you to, to the newer version, you know, of this, yeah. it's like that upgrade of an operating system. Right. So uh, great question. I mean, I, when I wrote Thrive State, I was super excited because there was all the science of how we live our life as medicine. And I presented it in that way that there are seven areas we need to truly focus on life. Here's the science backed. Um, and here are the techniques to actually go through it. And uh, it was a success, you know, bestseller in longevity when it came out. Uh, but why, what was the impetus of the second edition? Once we have gone through the pandemic, I've noticed a difference between people, individuals, and organizations that were able to thrive through change, through pressure, through all these things versus those that just merely survived. What was it? It was their ability to focus on these seven areas of life. So I had concierge clients that basically never got any COVID symptoms at all, even when they got COVID. But I was also still practicing at a county hospital. I saw people coming in, ICU, pass away. What was the difference? How were they living their life? There were people that were in the thrive state that basically had the resilience to, to handle whatever life threw at them. And then there were people that didn't have enough in the tank to be able to make it. And I found that both in the individual space and in the organizational space. And I felt like letting people know that the thrive state, being in this state is really the state of resilience. It's really the state of human potential. And I saw the difference of that in, in how individuals and organizations did uh, during the pandemic. Another thing was I started to really notice as I started to study populations and whatnot, that the state of fear can spread through a society and through an organization just as quickly as the state of love and of safety. That we as human beings have Wi-Fi receptors or Bluetooth re receptors to each other. In fact, when I walked into you know uh, our office today, my 
my fiance say was feeling a state of stress in me even before I walked in. We have that as human beings. And because of that, our state matters so much that if we want to affect our families, our organizations, our humanity as a whole, changing our state and how we appear in the world actually has a ripple effect. And if you're working in large organizations and you want peak performance and you want um, you, you want people to be engaged, what state, what signal are you giving to your organization? So I, I found that to be truly important. I felt like and we need to share that. And the last thing I shared in the second edition was truly this, was I gave all the, the how-tos of living an optimal life in the first edition. And there's basically all these how-tos we get every single year as we reach New Year's and things that we want to do. Why do people fail? Why do people not follow these things? And it's really, now there's a science of understanding the default mode network, which is basically an autopilot mode of our brain that we use to keep us safe, that is basically running in the background. And that these things are developed at a very young age between the things that we are downloaded from our parents, from society, and all these things get downloaded. This system, this default mode network is always looking for things that can hurt us, that that can potentially um, uh, give danger to us. So it's constantly looking for things around that that can that will affect our safety. So this thing is constantly looking for the things that are going to hurt us when we're not feeling loved. This thing is affected because one of the things we fear most is not being loved. So here, I'm giving the science behind why we fall short of our true potential, that there's a primitive part of us that's been pre-programmed by our society and our past traumas that set basically a consciousness by which we live in. And that consciousness by, by, by what we live in, that same consciousness that drove me to chase success is that consciousness of fear, of ego, of, of, of scarcity, of, of of, of danger. If people could understand that there is that part living inside every single human being, they will start to understand that when they feel resistance of doing something that they actually want to do, there's just that part of them that is habitualized from programming to do something that's, that's not that. But, mm. And the more we could understand that resistance, the more we will, will be oh, we can treat ourselves with love as we try to make new changes in our life versus going, you know what, freaking, I just don't feel it. It doesn't work for me. I'm not, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not that person. Um, and we dive into the science of the default mode network and how it stops us from living our best life. And I guess maybe that particular chapter of the book will probably be its new, <laughs> a new book altogether. But, you know, I wrapped it together in, in a second edition. I think, you know, it could be used to serve uh, a lot of people as well. Mm, that, that is awesome. I know we talked about how, look, nothing happens overnight. We don't graduate, you know, from, from these things. It, constant work in progress and moving targets um, with the goal, you know, to be better, to be the best versions of, of ourselves. But we also know that that guys out there in particular, what do we want to do? We want it faster, okay? We want the answers to the test, 
Okay. We want to, as they say, we want to accelerate whatever it is we decide we want, we want to accelerate it, you know, and, and you do have a way like there actually is a thrive state accelerator right? right. <laughs> in, in there, which I think is, is super cool. What exactly explain this to me and kind of, you know, what this accelerator period kind of looks like, you know, for the guys out there that are going, yup. Uh-huh. Lost my mojo. Got it. Yup. Little overweight. All of these things he's describing. Wait, I want to get better. I get the why now the how, how fast, you know, what does it look like? <laughs> Yeah, so really, it's 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 going over those seven things in life, but it's really certain parts of the accelerator is really used to dive deep into and feel into the new identity you want to be, because there's a consciousness and a certain identity and a certain way of being that has given people the results that they currently have, and you can't take that consciousness. Um, and being into the person you want to become, because it's going to allow, you're going to need to make new choices and stick with those new choices for a while until it ingrains into your being. But until you could feel it, sense it, and, 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 and know that that's a part of who you are, change will be more difficult than it actually is. And mm -hmm. so we go through a few processes in there and have people map out who this new person is. And then in those seven areas in their life, sleep, nutrition, movement, their emotions, their mental state, their relationships, and that sense of purpose, what does that look like for them? Do they have a target in their mind? Can they feel it in their body? And when they come across crossroads where they're not about to take the action that they know that they need to take to become the best version of themselves, can they look at that and go, hmm, why do I feel this resistance? Oh, okay. Default mode network. You mentioned that. But I know when I feel this and this person does that. And don't get me wrong. You're not going to be perfect every single time. It's going to be messy in the middle. And, you're gonna, and, and that's the thing I teach people with habit change. It is going to be hard at first. The middle is going to be messy. And that's where people quit the most. But if you stick through it and know that you're going to F up you know, in the process of, of that journey, the, the ending is going to be beautiful. And so I love that. Uh, that that's basically what it is, is it accelerates people because it'll, it lets people know where, where they fail, where they stop failing and, and how to keep going. And it really accelerates the energetic in terms of how they approach taking on new choices and changes and actions in their life. Mm. Guys, it is the truth right there. We say all the time, the middle is messy, but the middle is also the sweet spot. And that's what this is all, all about. All right. Uh, Ken, where do people find you to learn more um, about you, about the book, about where you're speaking, everything? Uh, they can go to my website, kienvu.com, K-I-E-N-V-U-U.com. I'm also most active on Instagram at Dr. VMD. That's doctor spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R-V-M-D. I also have a YouTube channel. Um, got the Thrive State podcast as well that people can tune into, but you can find everything either on my website or on my Instagram account. Awesome. Guys, get on this. Do not, do not wait when you talk about where you should start and just start, okay? Here's a tremendous place to just start. So dive in, learn more about Dr. V, get interested, figure out some things, learn about the Thrive State, and um, 
Yeah, and get after it. If you got a chance to hear Dr. Vu speak live, you're going to want to do that too. So if you're out there, you're working for these big corporations, they're bringing in people all the time. You're like, I don't know about that guy. Well, you know what? I know about this guy. Okay. And this is the guy you are going to want. So thank you so much, Ken, for joining me on the podcast today. Learned a lot and I truly enjoyed it. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me, Greg. All right, guys, if you like what you have heard, please do us a favor, five-star rating, leave us a positive review. It helps the midwife male movement grow. Until next week, I am out of here. Thank you. If you're interested in coaching and taking this conversation deeper so that you can achieve your personal and professional goals, be sure to head over to midwifemail.com and check out the work with me page to explore options.